0: Lot Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to the Sugar Freedom Show. Here in the United States, we are ten days out from Christmas time. So now I'm going to do my almost annual show on getting through the holidays, sticking with your ketogenic diet. I've been keto since 2008, so I've been through many, many holidays and birthdays and celebrations and special occasions while sticking to my ketogenic approach. I've also been through some holidays where I threw caution to the wind and went ahead and ate whatever whatever my impulses told me to eat, and that did not go so well. So I'm doing this podcast today to get the message out to those of you who have been following a low-carb or ketogenic approach. I'm talking about ways that we can stay keto through Christmas or whatever holiday you happen to celebrate and maintain our self-confidence, our self-respect, and also maintain our health brief description of how I follow the ketogenic approach. To make things easy, I don't do net carbs, I don't subtract fiber, I don't do any of those things. I simply give myself a budget of 30 grams of carbohydrate per day. And this is when I'm trying to stay lean, to lean out, to go ahead and uh, remove some of the fluff. Right now, one of the things that I won't say that I'm struggling with it, but I'm really thinking hard about what appropriate goals are for body fat levels, for for shape, for size, for weight, especially after age 50. I'm 53, and I have gone through the change and really very happy with the, the weight and appearance and the size of my body live. Some of you may know that I am a, a working actor and choreographer and dancer and also director and writer. And there is a big difference between the way the body appears on stage and the way the body appears on camera. And one of the greatest challenges that I have is this understanding, having worked in Hollywood and having worked in the entertainment industry, of really how thin the the entertainment standard has become for the female form and how incredibly difficult it is to present that and to stay that lean to get to the level of leanness that the that the camera and the media really seems to go for without starving. And so this is simply the personal question that I have to ask myself, especially when here's what one of the things that I know about weight and size and shape. The so one of the most important things that we can do is to maintain a waistline measure the waist and make sure that it's less than 50 percent of height that's step one and then step two is if you do know what your waist measurement was when you were a young woman we want to maintain that waist circumference as close to that as we possibly can that every inch that we add to that waist circumference as we mature that as that waistline gets larger, our risk for certain diseases also gets larger. Heart disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's, these, all of these diseases that seem to be connected to lifestyle and connected to overeating, and most often to overeating sugar and the foods that turn to sugar, closing the door. I do happen to know that when I was a young woman my waistline was 24 inches and I just measured it this morning and it's at 25 which is actually not bad if you think of the it was at 24 when I was 17 and 53 now I do want to lean it out and bring it back down to 24 because I can I've done it before and I know the approach that I need to take Every once in a while, I experiment with more fruit, more nuts, and more cheese, and more dairy, and that tends to cause a little bit of uh, fluffing out, and so when I pull out the fruit and some of the the cheese and dairy and the nuts, my waistline tends to shrink right back down. Also, in the gym, I have been going for personal bests lately, and really excited that I've managed some personal bests on the squat and on the deadlift really continuing to focus on my ability, what I'm able to do, as opposed to focusing so much on the scale. However, bottom line, that tape measure, that is my best friend. The scale often lies, the tape measure doesn't. All right, so let's get into how we stay keto during the holidays, some of the strategies that we can use. So it is, if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it's being recorded, it's 10 days out from Christmas. It is December 15th. So here's the plan, everybody. The plan is to stay in what I call strong keto, and then to open it up a little bit on Christmas Eve and enjoy some extra goodies. One of the things that I have found is that after 40 and 50 and beyond, there used to be, I used to follow what we call the 80-20 rule, Now I have to follow the 95-5 rule. So that means that 95% of the time I'm staying in strong keto, and maybe 5% of the time I'm going to have what I call occasional foods or special occasion foods. So here's how it looks. For the next nine days leading up to Christmas Eve, I'm going to be in strong keto. And what that means for me is that means no cheese, no nuts, and no fruit. So what am I eating? I am eating an appropriate amount of protein. So at my weight, I'm looking at probably doing about 90 grams of protein a day. Sometimes I could go all the way up to 100, but in order to get 100 grams of protein a day, I've really got to be just loading up on the chicken breast and on the ground beef and things like that. So sometimes I don't necessarily want to push that protein number. And then also keeping the fat um, probably at around 90 grams, 80, 90 grams, and then coming into about 30 grams of carbohydrate a day, which is all coming from above ground vegetables. So that's the big difference. I mean, my, my, my protein and my fat generally stay about the same all the time. But when I do want to get leaner, I make sure that all of my carbohydrates are coming from above ground vegetables and that I'm leaving out the cheese and the nuts and the fruit. And for me, the fruit is basically just Granny Smith apples. I need to stick with very low sugar fruits and it also might be berries, raspberries, blueberries, these kinds of things. So those are out for the next 10 days. So breakfast is going to look like it's going to be a couple of eggs, a couple of strips of bacon, and um, maybe some broccoli or some spinach. And then lunch is going to be a good-sized salad with simple dressing, oil and vinegar, and it's going to be another source of protein. That might be chicken or fish or pork. And then usually I am not eating dinner. So I'm also combining some intermittent fasting to my ketogenic approach. And then things get interesting on Christmas Eve because this is when we do a beautiful meal. And, uh, so I'll probably going to be doing a prime rib this year. And so that Christmas Eve meal is going to look like this. It's going to be the prime rib. And then I'll probably do, um, a fancy cauliflower. I'll do a mashed cauliflower with, uh, you know, some lovely garlic and some cream and some butter And then I'll do mashed potatoes for my husband and my son, because they're not crazy about the mashed cauliflower, which is fine. I don't mind doing that at all. And then I'll do some kind of special, I think I'll do a uh, roasted Brussels sprout with some bacon, which is absolutely delicious and fabulous. And I'll have a salad, and I'll probably do some very pretty uh, pomegranate seeds on the salad to make that colorful. And then, of course, I will make my ketogenic mousse, which is made with avocado, dark chocolate, um, uh, xylitol and stevia mix in order to sweeten it And then also heavy cream and a bit of vanilla Note, it's very important If you bring xylitol in your house Keep it away from your pets It is highly toxic to dogs And then also on that Christmas Eve meal I'll probably, as my appetizer Have a lovely cheese, a brie or a Stilton Or something really fabulous like that So, And then what happens is, is that If you're going strong keto, as I do all of those days leading up to Christmas, when you're having the pomegranate and possibly the brie and a granny Smith apple, maybe some nuts, what happens is that those become very special foods. They become special occasion foods. So you're making this shift in whereas everyone else around you is eating the Christmas cookies and eating the Christmas candies, you're going to stay strong keto for the nine days leading up, of a holiday celebration, and then that holiday sp- celebration is going to add special foods. You know, your protein is going to be high quality and really lovely. And then you can make, make those wonderful desserts that are sugar-free and grain-free. So you're still celebrating. You're still enjoying. But you aren't creating excessive appetite. So at this point as well, I do want to cite another study do ketogenic diets really suppress appetite and a systematic review and meta-analysis. So we're beginning to see scientific meta-analysis of the ketogenic approach, seeing whether it does suppress appetite, which it definitely does for me. Ultimately, I believe that the reason a ketogenic approach works for me is it stops me from overeating because it suppresses my appetite even when I'm in a caloric deficit. And I'm going to go ahead and click on this link reviews, you can find this A.A. Um, Gibson, R.V. Seaman, and Lee Ayer, Franklin, Markovic, Catterson, and Sainsbury showing that they did a meta-analysis showing that there is an appetite-suppressing effect in the ketogenic diet. Um, and here's the, the intro- introduction is pretty interesting, so I'll go ahead and read it for you. Introduction. Hunger is a major side effect of weight loss attempts, and if the plethora of over-the-counter weight loss products and diet books claiming you can diet without hunger is anything to go by, it is also the most profitable. Compensatory increases in hunger and appetite generally in response to energy-restricted diets probably continue to the high rate of attrition, that means going off of diets, in weight loss attempts and the inability of individuals to maintain weight loss. These compensatory changes in appetite during weight loss are thought to be induced by alterations in expression of (laughs) hypothalamic regulators of energy balance, as well as adaptive changes in gut function, which alter the concentration of appetite-regulating hormones, such as ghrelin. So, this is absolutely what I experience, is that when I am following the ketogenic approach, I lower my appetite I can reduce the amount of energy I'm taking in, get lean, and the beauty of the ketogenic approach is that it keeps my appetite normalized so I don't react by eating more. And this is also what I found in my readers, in my clients and students, and also in my friends around the world who are also following a ketogenic approach. So the bottom line is that as we go into the holidays, keep in that strong keto that safe strong keto zone and your appetite is not going to come out of control so those are my tips and my strategies for today stay in strong keto as you go into the holidays and then to celebrate the holidays enjoy some of those other foods which would be the cheeses the nuts the low sugar fruits and make some make a lovely dessert with xylitol or stevia So that you can enjoy the holiday, do something special and occasional for the holiday without increasing your appetite and eating lots of foods that you might regret. If you want to get the Sugar Freedom program, it's at sugarfreedom.com. It continues to work, and I'm so glad for everyone who follows Sugar Freedom, who reads Sugar Freedom, and everyone who listens to this program. I'm going to continue to do more podcasts between now and the holidays so that we can stay strong, stay in strong keto. And as I like to say, keep calm and keto on. I'm signing off, I'm Katherine Gordon for the Sugar Freedom Show. Bye bye everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.